When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this week of the show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, uh, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Brandon Hunt, uh, whichever one of those guys is going to be the GM to continue, or perhaps it's an outside GM. Is um, that tr- is not even a trio? That collective, um, along with the rest of the Steelers front office, look to put together a winning roster. Uh, they did it in 2021, but can they put together a winning roster in 2022? Well, that's what's going to dominate, uh, you know, the the headlines uh, for Steelers fans or the focuses for Steelers fans, not just the not just you know dominate from a winning record perspective, but you know we we want to see the Steelers back in a Super Bowl, AFC Championship game. Um, but a lot of people would have us nowhere near uh, that right now when you when you think about where we're situated. So today's show, uh, you know, it's funny. We're going a bit back to our roots uh, when we think about this this show originally being Steelers Cap Room uh, before we made it Steelers War Room, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I want to talk a lot about you know, the cap today, and hence the title of today's show of what can Steelers learn from their 2021 spending to help in 2022. Uh, there's things that Steelers can learn. Uh, there's things that Steelers we'll still be learning uh, whereas Mike Tomlin uh, go, goes about these exit interviews and understanding where, you know, the team, you know, really needs to go. The, 
The first thing that I wanted to kick off with um, was just a comment around his what was considered his final press conference um, for this season. And that's around the statement of the way that he and Colbert work together to fill the needs, whether it be the draft and free agency. A lot of people separate the two completely, right? And you're sitting there going, no, 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 no. They're, they're together and they how you, how you address things. But free agency is coming up in March. And then you've obviously got the draft in April. Now, we know the Steelers traditionally like to basically fill the key spots and then draft where they see value. And that allows them to go after, you know, a BPA, which is best player available. Great. But you've also got to look at it in context. So the year that Devin Bush was available, who were the linebackers that were available? This year, the probably the, the high-profile position, and it's not actually quarterback for me because we have to technically have one quarterback on the roster, the other one's a, res- a restricted free agent um, in Dwayne Haskins. Then you've got a guy like Josh Jobs, the Dave, Dave Schofield thinks they'll be back, and then you can, you know, who knows who's going to be released, cut, what have you, and then who's available in that draft process. But it's more the tackle position, right? Because, you know, the, uh, the left tackle Armstead might be available. What other tackles are available? You want to keep Dan Moore. Um, it's on my list. I've got to listen to his interview. I couldn't uh, press conference, uh, season press conference. I didn't get there before today's show. But to me, it's, it's a tackle there. Are you better off paying for a tackle or are you better off drafting a tackle? Now, this is quite a heavy tackle draft, um, you know, and, and yes, there's going to be better tackles than not bad tackles, but do you go that and then do you spend the money on an, an inside um, offensive lineman, you know, an interior defensive lineman, or offensive lineman, sorry, or do you go after a cornerback that's proven? Again, do you go out and draft that cornerback? You probably want a proven safety. It's very hard for safeties, you know, to be top-tier safeties out of college. So, you know, if you're not bringing back Terrell Edmonds, who's that safety that you're going after to pair with Minka? Who's that big heavy hitter um, that we want to see? So it's just, this is really about that approach of how do you approach this off-season process between the draft, free agency, filling the needs, particularly when you think about, you know, where the Steelers um, you know, are really, really sitting right now when it comes to the cap, when it comes to the players, uh, you know, that they've got on, on contract, to the gaps that they've got, to the gaps that people would have thought that they, they have, having, you know, gotten absolutely throttled, um, you know, by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you know, right now there are 43 contracted players uh, on the roster in terms of contracted players for 2022. The thing is, that includes players like Ben Roethlisberger. That includes players like Juju. That includes players like Kelly Witherspoon. It includes players, um, you know, I think Ebron's on that list too. People that are actually free agents. People that are actually retired, maybe, if you're talking about Big Ben. Uh, you know, and, and what this is, is, is there's, there's those voidable contracts um, that we've got. So, you know, I think the actual list is is closer to somewhere like 38 players, I think it is. Um, you know, and then there's guys like, you know, and the other thing to note about those guys, those voidable contracts, they can restructure them if they're if they're retiring. So with Ben, they can actually restructure his contract on that. And you know, that was alluded to, I think, by Dave Schofield. I completely agree. You'd be silly not to restructure that 10 million um as much as you can over the next three or four years and bring it right down, bring that cap hit um of 10 million down for this year. But then there are also restructures that can be done. I did the simple restructure feature without, you know, moving different things around, which you can do through um, over the cap premium. And, you know, there's, you know, 5 million to be saved um, there with Stefan to it. There's, 
17 million you can add to the cap with TJ Watt. That's it, you know. That's a top quarter, you know. That's you know not top quarterback money. That's top tackle money. Uh, there's six million you can deal with with Cam Haywood, uh, Joe Schobert. You know, assuming he's on the roster, you can save five million. Um, but I think that you can save up to seven or nine million um, from his. When I just look at it off a quick glance, Cameron Sutton restructure there, you can get another two and a half million. So. You, you know, you talk about those numbers there. You're saying you make all those moves and, and they might not. Uh, and they might do something with Boswell's contract um, potentially as well if they want to give him an extension, which would be a bit untraditional for some of the way they do things. But hey, um, you know, you literally could have almost 35 million uh, in, in cap that you can find from simple, re- like from what, you know, OTC um, or over the cap, you know, sum- summarizes a simple restructure. That's a bit of money. When you think about Steelers right now, have you know forty-one million dollars um, available? I think then I don't think that's including um, the rollover cap minus some of the other bonuses they've got to pay as well. So you know you've got to look at the adjusted cap rate as well. Now there was a number put toward that. I think it was forty-four million, but then there was seven million worth of bonuses. So I want to get into that. I want to see the way the bonuses work, and then I want to see where it's sitting in a couple of weeks' time. We'll understand it better. But it's important to think about the adjusted cap. You know, there are some fans um, that were on a few weeks ago with uh, Rich Schofield and I when Mark was off um, unwell on, on touchdown under, and they're asking, "Well, why don't the Steelers actually spend all the money?" And you know, I answered it with the fact that they like to have somewhere in the vicinity of seven or eight million each season to do different pieces of business, including those bonuses. And it was last year that they only had $6 million last year, not being season 2021, but 2020. And that actually was considered a bit of a dangerous position in terms of where the Steelers like to situate themselves. So, you know, when you talk about that cap rollover, really you're buying yourself the ability to, uh, you know, do your business um, and then have a little bit left over. Plus there are players that are going to have certain bonuses. What does that mean by certain bonuses? Well, there's this team incentives and then there's actually uh, what we call PPE um, or what, o- what OTC calls PPE, but the pro- but it's also in the NFL contracts under the collective bargaining agreement, which is around proven performance escalator projections. What I'm going to go into right now, we're going to go into them in a little bit. I want to cover something else off first. And that is the, the play evaluation that OTC does. So let's take a pause for a moment. Pardon me, sorry, I'm battling off coronavirus and, uh, you know, I've got a, a sore throat, so I need to make sure I'm keeping hydrated and um, not getting tongue-tied with dry mouth. But so OTC, and I've covered it on this show before, almost a year ago, um, but it was certainly stuff I did in the preseason. They run a metric called their NFL play evaluation. Now, put simply, it basically you know, gets the numbers provided by PFF, Pro Football Focus, which, you know, a lot of people are suspect on, and then basically contextualize, like basically measures those against a number of factors, including snap counts, PFF grades, and, and other statistics um, that they collect to determine a player's prime evaluation. Overall values add a special team's component to evaluation, um, and there's a full piece that you can read about it um, through PFF in terms of how they put this together. But essentially what you're seeing is a PFF score against their contract. Now, this was something that we saw really a really high um, grade there for TJ Watt last year. Overall in 2021 for the season, and then we're talking regular season, obviously, because postseason is still going, the Steelers were third in the list for value over, um, you know, a, over the team's average pay per year. 
So the overall value for the Steelers was $246 million. Um, the team average pay per year was at the $183 million mark. Uh, and the value over was $63 million. It's pretty high. Interesting, the Bengals were behind us at $61 million. The Ravens um, were considered in the top list of teams uh, down at $27 million. I think this is the top 16, I think it is. Um, so the top half of the league, among the top 12. And then they're all coloured boxes in front of me. Um, and then ahead of us were the Raiders with $69 million and the Chargers with $89 million. Now, the Chargers, that's got a lot to do with the fact they've got rookies um, at positions like, you know, tackle um, with Rashawn Slater and, of course, Justin Herbert. Now, Justin Herbert delivered the greatest value in the league last season with $30.9 million value over his average pay per year. So basically what, o- what OTC does with a lot of their different um, sort of ways they measure money and what have you. They do it average pay per year. So they spread the contract out to you what it is per year. So the positional value for him was 37 million. Overall value was 37.5 million. Overall value was 37.5 million. His current average pay per year is $6.64 million. So then you get the average, you know, the value over um, average pay per year of $30.9 million. Next was Max Crosby. We saw had a great game against, uh, you know, the the Bengals um, in, in that frame of mind. Um, then you've got Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's, and so quarterbacks make this as pretty easy. Then you've got Joey Burrow. So Jalen Hurts, $22.5 million, um, over his average pay per year. Um, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow was $21 million over. Mac Jones was $21 million over. So you've seen diff- what a rookie quarterback um, contract does with those four QBs in the five. And, you know, that's what we would hope if we were drafting one. Then you've got Justin Jefferson, top wide receiver in the league now. Um, there for the Vikings, $16 million over. Tain- Taylor Heineke, 16 million over. Kyler Murray, 15 million over. Um, Orlando Brown, 14. Rashawn Slater, 14. Um, there. So that's where you see this real value. Um, there's 44 million in that, in that 69 million, in that 89 million mark um, for the Chargers, just purely sitting there with the left tackle that they drafted in the 2021 draft, along with the quarterback that they drafted in the 2020 draft. Uh, then you go to Tristan Wirfs, Lamar Jackson. Um, AJ Terrell. You got to basically scroll down, and they're they're both at forty million. When you get to twelve million, uh, twelve point six five million, you get Chooks. So Chooks was actually kind of in the, almost the, he was in the top twenty um, there. Then you scroll down a little bit further, uh, you get to Deontay Johnson, who delivered um, you know a value of eleven point four million dollars over his over his average pay per year. Now again, his current average pay per year is just over a million dollars. So you're not necessarily the top wide receiver, but probably in the top 20 to 30% of wide receivers in the league. Um, it's not A B money. So those people that are like, he's not worth A B money. Well no he's not. Um, and the and the numbers say that. I do also have to pause and just say, remember what I said to start with, these are PFF numbers. So you may actually argue with a lot of these different numbers. And I'll tell you why. Because we're going to get down, you throw it on the list, you know, in the in the first sort of segment, and you've got like, you know, Najee Harris there, um, obviously, and what have you. But when you get to some of Pittsburgh's proven players, you start to argue with this metric. And so I'm not guided by this metric. Um, I'm not guided by PFF. I think there's a lot of things that get wrong. But it is interesting when they they attribute this to the contract value. Um, and because whilst the PFF number is not perfect, you sort of get an understanding of, well, do I think he's worth that much? Do I think he's not? If you look at the overall positions, uh, running back, Najee Harris was second overall running backs. That's really interesting. When you look at 
wide receiver. As I said, Deontay Johnson um, was sort of in, in, a, in a top portion of the league. He was third for wide receivers. Um, Chase Claypool, you know, kind of middle of the pack, um, $5 million average pay per year. Uh, and then moving down um, the list, you've got to scroll really, you know, quite down the list before you get to Ray Ray, who delivered a million dollars over his contract. Um, obviously, James Washington didn't do a lot. He's down there. He delivered 150 grand over his um, you know, and that can't count the touchdown that he had. Uh, obviously, Anthony Miller, you know, was a minus $30,000. So, you know, wide receiver-wise, we didn't necessarily do that great. Uh, when you look at the tight end position, Pat Freemuth, uh, top top seventh in the league there, $6 million over his contract. Um, you know, it, it's sort of different because Dalton Schultz, um, Dawson Knox there. Dawson Knox was a, was a decent tight end. So is Dalton uh, Schultz there as well, but they've been in the league a little bit longer. Uh, Tyler Conklin, Foster Moreau, Mike Gusecki, Cole Komet. So you're looking at almost all those guys are on, I think actually every single one of them is still on rookie contracts. Um, so that's where you're seeing that real value. And, and you see the value that a guy like Pat Freemuth brings um, already off a rookie year where he surprised a lot of people. If he can keep the, you know that proven performance up, you're going to see him in this top 10. And that's a really good position to have, um, you know, sort of a cheap contract on. Uh, when you look at the left tackle position, uh, Dan Moore Jr. Uh, makes it into the top the top 10 there behind Orlando Round 1, Sean Slater 2, Terrence Steele 3, uh, Andre Whitworth 4, Garon Christian 5 from the Texans, James Hurst from the Saints, um, number 6, Spencer Brown from the Bills, who's a rookie as well from this draft. Um, and you've got Elgin... Elgerton Jenkins, and then you get to Dan Moore. So he's like eighth or ninth there. Um, and ahead of Jonah Williams of the Bengals. So he delivers you $4.9 million um, over value over his average pay per year. And I say that's top 10 in the league for left tackles. That's pretty cool. Um, and if you go look at P- his PFF rating, people might go, well, hey, his PFF rating wasn't that great because Dan Moore, I think, was a little bit. Uh, a bit let down uh, there in some of those in the PFF grade. If you look at center, um, Kendrick Green as well is in the top half of the league, delivering 2.594 million over. Now, obviously, he played a lot of snaps too, so that, that feeds into it. But that's an interesting perspective, I think, for some people. Um, Trey Turner also in the top seven, um, delivering four and a half, 4.9 million, almost $5 million over his average pay per year, according to PFF grades. Now, I thought he was or one point or time he was a turnstile in the Chiefs game. But you sit there and you go, he's still got the value. You think about a starting right guard in this league um, on this line, you know, there's value there. And the, the thing that I want to reiterate about the Steelers this season, yes, I'm 9-7-1. and one. Yes, they disappointed, uh, you know, in the playoffs. Yes, and some people expected that. Yes, uh, there's a situation whereby do you expect better with, an, with a very young and inexperienced and influx O line behind a 39, you know, trying to protect a 39 year old quarterback. But of all the seasons to have a 39 year old quarterback, to have the, the turnover they had on the offensive line through retirements or, or major injuries with a guy like David DeCastro, um, to Vince Williams not coming back, you know, in the inside linebacker position, uh, to, you know, losing Alville on a waiver. Um, you know, to to lo- having Kevin Dotson out for a strong period of time, to having his bat- Zach Banner out, and as I said, I definitely think he's a he's a cut target. I don't know how you could keep him. With all those things, you did it in a year where the salary cap went down for the first time in I think it's like twenty years. You did it when the salary cap went from one hundred and ninety eight million dollars 
all the way down or where it was projected all the way down to $183 million. You did it when the steals were already over the cap um, before that number was re- reduced. So you've really got to sit there and say, Steelers got value. And, and the numbers prove this, regardless of what you think of the actual PFF growth, the numbers prove this was the case. Um, so you go to right tackle, Chooks is second in the league. Um, value over um, pay per year of $12 million. Now his current average pay per year um, you know, is 851000 You know, But he's only behind Tristan Wirfs of the Buccaneers, you know, one of the top, top um, you know, tackles in the entire league. Uh, and then you move across to the interior defensive line, and I, again, um, you know, Chris Wormley is up there in that in that top ten. I think he's I think he's tenth here. You know, delivering that of uh, you know a value over average pay per year of three point eight million dollars. Um, you know, so that's really high. Now, obviously, it's different. You know, Cam Hayward still outplayed his contract with a, with a um, value over of one point one eight seven million. He's on a hefty contract, so that's pretty good from a uh, defensive lineman who's over thirty who gets ten sacks, makes it. He's an all pro. Again, PFF knowledge, you may not agree with them. Um, Alex Highsmith, top seven in terms of edge rushes in the league. So that combines, obviously, and the defensive you know, ends uh, in a 4-3 and linebackers in a 3-4. He delivered um, value over his annual pay per year, um, or average pay per year, sorry, I should say, of $8 million. Again, really high. But when you go down to TJ Watt, right, and Derek Toots got almost a million dollars. TJ Watt actually, um, Taco Chatham was minus 257,000. TJ Watt was minus 5 million because he had the size of his contract, but he missed games. But are you really going to say, and this is where it, this metric become, puts into question, are you really going to say TJ delivered $5 million under? He changed games like the Seahawks game. You know, he, he ch- changed um, games at times. You know, he would have changed that Raiders game, what have you. So, you know, he set that he equaled the single season sack record. And for most people, he beat it when you think about what he did in that Ravens game. And that's where this metric comes into question. Regardless, though, you can see that the Steelers are getting a lot of value from it. Um, you know, we're in the top 10 in almost every category. Uh, UG3 delivered us, believe it or not, 2.459 million over his annual pay per year. Uh, Robert Spillane, um, Miles Killebrew, all, all above there. Interesting, Killebrew is listed as linebacker. Marcus Allen delivered a million dollars over his. Um, you know, Buddy Johnson delivered. $836 over, um, sorry, minus $836. I think that's a tough, it's a tough metric on him. Joe Schobert, minus $3.6 million, probably not a surprise. Um, trying to find Devin Bush um, here for us as well. So, you know, it's it's interesting when you look at look at this metric um, and, and you just see the Steelers got value across the board. Um, safety, Terrell Edmonds, fifth in the league. million over. Now, Mink is going to be so far down because of the lack of interceptions. But we're not, and yeah, so it has him here delivering $743,000 over um, his average pay per year. And his average pay per year is 4, you know, 4 million, 4.1 million. So it's pretty high. But what about the tackle on Hollywood Brown? They're not in the playoffs if it doesn't make that. So again, you've got to be contextual with the value that someone actually brings. Uh, Cornerback, this is where I think you see the Steelers really drop off. And, you know, Cam Sutton's in the sort of the top 15, delivering $5 million over his um, average pay per year, which I think is a really, 
you know, positive for him. And I think you'll keep help keep him on this roster in a longer term. Arthur Mollette um, was in the positive range with $823,000 over. Trey Norwood, positive with $757,000 over. James Pierre with $742,000 um, over. Joe Hayden, uh, I'm trying to pull him up for us, you know, in, in real time. Kelly Witherspoon was minus 1.6 million. Now, obviously, he didn't play as many snaps while he adjusted to the Steelers scheme, but then he really delivered. Joe Hayden's right down the bottom of the list, minus $9 million. Um, and you see all the injuries that he had and then what he did on the field and therefore that affecting his grades. So, you know, that's a challenge there when you talk about, you know, Joe Hayden. Um, from a kicker perspective, Boswell wasn't in the top 10. I find that ridiculous. Um, he was minus $1.549 million. Um, But then Daniel Carlson was in the minus. Mason Crosby from the Packers was in the minus. Harrison Butker from the Chiefs was in the minus. So you sort of sit there and you're like, well, hang on. You know, some of the top kickers in the league, um, suck-ups in the minus, you know, just because they got a crap PFF grade doesn't mean that they're a crap player. So, you know, again, this is where the metric starts to fall apart in some different positions. Um, Presley Harvin was in the top uh, 10 to 12 for punters, delivering 111 grand um, over his average pay per year. Uh, Jordan Berry was ahead of him, delivering 169,000, just for the, all those out there, particularly my, my good friend Jeff Harmon. Uh, long snapper, um, Steelers, right there, Christian Kuntz, who today signed a new contract, today my time, it'll be yesterday um, for you guys in the US. Um, you know, he was in the minus by 12 grand, but he, that's in the top um, that's in the top eight for long snappers. So that's pretty good. So that gives you a really good idea of, you know, play evaluation. And you can see, even if you just screw the PFF numbers, the Steel's clearly got some value compared to other, other teams in the league at a lot of, across the board, with a lot of positions. Um, you're probably sitting there going, how about quarterback? Where do we sit quarterback? Well, yeah, Big Ben um, managed to basically make it into the top 12, delivering $5 million, um, over his average pay per year on the current contract, which is a little bit manipulated, as we know, um, because it's spread out uh, from that perspective. And then Mason Rudolph was minus $3 million. Obviously, he didn't play a lot of snaps. Dwayne Haskins isn't on, isn't on this first list of players um, either. So that, that's where that's sitting. But with that, we're going to take a break on Steelers Warren. Uh, join me for part two. We're going to talk a few other things about contracts, um, the, the PPE that I talked about, the proven performance um, escalators. We're going to talk a little bit about contracts and players, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up for another week. Back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, uh, Brandon Hunt, uh, you know, and the rest of Steel's front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022. They did it in 2021. So as as you continue forward on um, this offseason and you're thinking about things and you're thinking about cap, there's an important piece, uh, you know, and you can find out more about this on over the cap. That it's important to remember around contracts about proven performance escalator projections. Basically, and you can find this on, on over the cap, they, they put together a table that basically describes 
um, or demonstrates what the qualification and who's qualifying for their proven performance escalators, which is basically a fourth year salary escalator for players on drafted rookie contracts that are not drafted in the first round. So they don't get a fifth year option, um, but in the fourth year, they can get a increase. Pardon me. They get an increase uh, in their salary if they've played a certain number of snaps, if they've you know delivered certain things. So a level one PP is earned if a player participates in a certain percentage of the team's offensive or defensive snaps in the first two of his three seasons, or averages that percentage of offensive or defensive snaps over his entire uh, first three years. The second round picks, the average is 60%. Um, and that was the same in the previous CBA. For the third to seventh round picks, it's 35%. Level two PPE is earned if a player participates in at least 55% of a team's offensive defensive snaps in all his first three seasons. A level three PPE is earned if a player is selected to the Pro Bowl on the original ballot, not as an alternate in any of his first three seasons. Minka, TJ, um, good examples. Uh, players eligible for PPE. I think Najee will be there next year. Uh, players eligible for PPE will see their fourth year base salary escalate based upon the restricted free agent tenders for that season as follows. So level one PPE will raise the base salary to the amount of the right of first refusal, ROFR or RFA tender. Um, level two will raise the base salary to the amount of the ROFR, um, RFA tender plus 250 grand. And then level three PPE will raise the base salary to the amount of the second round RFA tender. Okay, what does all that mean? Well, if you are doing it this year, um, for first round RFA tender is $5.562 million um, projected for 2022. It hasn't been decided, but it's projected by over the cap. They're usually pretty on it with these. Uh, second round is projected uh, to be there for an RFA tender of $3.986 million. And right of first refusal, refusal is $2.433 million. So basically that's what Dwayne Haskins will make. Um, he's an RFA. So the Steelers want to re-sign him at that. My understanding is that that is exactly what he will cost. But when you go back to PPE, that basically tells you, you know, what, what um, that average salary uh, is going to be in terms of that escalation. So what does that practically mean? Well, if you look at the 2019 draft, because that's the eligible piece with people going into their fourth year, Deontay Johnson is the only player uh, from the Steelers that qualifies in terms of this PPE list. Um, and so he's on a PPE level of two. What does that mean? Just to recap, that means he's participated in at least 55% of the team's offensive or defensive snaps in his first three seasons. It will raise his base salary to the amount of the RFA tender plus $250,000. So when you look at cap space, this is really important. Deontay Johnson right now has a $1.362 million cap hit for 2022. But actually, his cap hit going into that fourth season is going to be the RFA tender of $2.433 million plus 250 grand. So he's going to make $2.688 million. Um, you know, next year instead of the 1.3 million. So when you talk about the cap of where even where it sits on over the cap, which is usually considered the most accurate, you're sitting there and you're going, the number even there right now is not actually reflective of what his overall cap number will be. So what does that mean for the 2020 draft where we've still got some players on the roster? So you've got Chase Claypool, uh, Alex Highsmith, Kevin Dotson. Alex Highsmith is currently a one, so is Kevin Dotson, and Chase Claypool is a two. That may change. 
um, I think, when they when they go and look at things. But right now, Chase Claypool played 63% of the snaps in 2020 and 70% in uh, 2021. Highsmith only played 42.5% last year and then he played 73% this year. So currently, Claypool has an average of 66.6% um, and Alex Highsmith's on 57.8%. So Alex Highsmith is getting close um, to level two, getting real close. He's technically over, but you've got to see that third year to understand. You'd expect him to do it. He's probably, he potentially, um, you know, may even end up in the level three uh, if you can have a really good year. Um, but but let's let's see about that one. Uh, Kevin Dotson. Now, he's on a one right now because he played 32.6% uh, in 2020, and then he played 48.2% in 2021 for an average of 40.4%. But he's a guy that could make the Pro Bowl next year. So that'll skew his number. That's all the Steelers so far in that account. 2021 draft. And this is a really big one because this is something to remember in three seasons' time. Um, now, obviously, some of these guys have a major injury. He's hope not. But Pat Freemuth, Kendrick Green, and Dan Moore are all currently twos. Uh, Pat Freemuth's played 58.2%. Um, you know, qualifying there for that second level of the PPE, the Proven Performance Escalator. Um, Kendrick Green, 83.3%. And then Dan Moore Jr., 92.1%. So Dan Moore easily could cost that. Now, fine. If that's the case, you know, even if the Proven Performance Escalator plus 250 grand is like 4 million at the time, 4 million for starting left tackle or rad tackle in this league, that's cheap. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of water to go under that bridge. Kendrick Green, well, who knows for a lot of people. I, I, I think he'll be there as a key depth piece, if not more, um, with injuries. Again, that can still push the contract up. But Pat Freemuth, you can imagine he could definitely be gunning for a Pro Bowl next season if he played like he did this year, plus a bit you know, more yards. Um, but that just gives you an idea of where it's sitting. I think the bigger the bigger thing is Deontay to remember for this year's um, contract. And then to remember that, you know, Claypool, Dotson, Highsmith, you know, where they might be sitting in their fourth year in a few seasons' time, um, a couple of seasons' time, it actually is probably going to be almost double um, what their contract it actually is. Now, yes, it won't matter because the salary cap will be up and we'll be in a totally different position by then. You don't know who players will have and not have. But it's just a really interesting metric. Um, and so don't let teams, when you're comparing teams' caps, be very careful about what you're comparing until this is factored in because there's a lot of people that aren't factoring this in. Um, you know, Devin Duvernay is a good example for the Ravens, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, for the Colts, he's a three. Trayvon Diggs is a three from the Cowboys. So it's this top tier, um, you know, there. That's the 2020 draft. Uh, you know, Jake Bailey, uh, he's a punter for the Patriots. He's a three. Um, you know, AJ Brown's a three. Michael Hardman's a three. Max Crosby's a three. Elginton Jenkins is a three. Um, Debo Samuel is a three. DK Metcalf is a three. You know, so the, all these sorts of guys, these are hot names across the league, but they're currently sitting there as three. What I did find really interesting is that when you look at the PPE level uh, for 2021 across these, these players, um, it's what is really interesting is that there are more twos um, than ones off the list that OTCs put together, which basically have a minimum snap percentage of the 35% to qualify onto this list. So it's it's interesting that when you look at it, if anyone that qualifies in terms of these PPE um, in 2021 from that draft selection, there's more people in level two than there is, there is one. 
What does that simply mean? That simply means that you're seeing a lot of rookies take starting positions in the league and have a really um, great contribution. It's also interesting when you look at the names here because obviously we've got three Steelers in that level two um, bucket. There's two Chiefs. Um, there's two Raiders. Uh, there's a couple of Bills um, as well. There's a there's at least one Patriot in there. Uh, there's a couple of Dolphins. Um, you're looking at teams that all had decent records. Um, the Jets had two, but obviously, you know, Brandon Eccles and Michael Carter, but obviously they're relying on their rookies a lot. Um, you know, there because of just the weird situation that that is them. But the fact that the Chiefs have the most, um, the Steelers have three as well, uh, along with the Chiefs. And then you're seeing things from the Dolphins who ended up with a positive record. Uh, you see a couple of things from some other playoff teams. It's sort of interesting to tell you that how important finding rookies in key positions is because it might allow you to spend elsewhere. Um, but that's that's still a bit of an overview of PPE. It's something that's not really talked about a lot, the proven performance escalator, but it is really important to a cap number and it's not something that you see um, easily on a cap number. I just wanted to recap there, though, uh, around um, the current projected. I talked about the projected RFA tenders. So as a reminder, um, the projected RFA tenders for 2022 were the first round of $5.562 million, um, second round uh, for $3.986 million, and right, a first refusal $2.433 million. The projected franchise and transition tenders, um, the different positions, is franchise tag for QE is $28.5 million. Uh, transition tag, $25.6 million. Defensive end, uh, $20 million franchise tag, $16 million transition tag. Wide receiver, $19.1 million for wide receiver. Um, franchise tag, $16.7 for a transition tag. Linebacker, $17.4 million for franchise tag, $14.8 million transition tag. Cornerback, $17.293 million for the franchise tag, uh, $14.9 million for the transition tag. This is quite a mouthful. Uh, defensive tackle, franchise tag, $16.88 million. Obviously, Cam's under that. Uh, transition tag, $13.596 million. O-lineman, $16.698 million. Um, franchise tag, and then you've got $14.997, 14 so almost $15 million for the transition tag. Safety, $13.5 million for franchise tag. $11.265 million for the transition tag. Running back, $12.5 million franchise tag. Transition tag of $10.1 million. Tight end, franchise tag of $10.834 million. Um, transition tag of $9.332 million. And then special teams, uh, franchise tag is $5.469 million. So it's punter, long snapper, or kicker. Um, and transition tag is $4.98 million. So that just gives you an idea of what... And all these are projected, um, but that will be decided once the salary cap is completely confirmed. Uh, is my understanding. The next part is looking at fifth-year option um, projections. Now, Devin Bush is sitting there at $10 million. Could be slightly higher. Now, this is the thing. Is he worth $10 million? Is he worth losing or having to pay extra? Uh, you know, if you don't take his fifth-year option, he does bounce back. This is a really interesting thing. But I don't think you can take Devin Bush's option and not cut Joe Schobert. I don't even think the restructure is going to work. I don't think you can take Devin Bush's fifth-year option if you don't get rid of Banner. There's certain money they're going to have to spend this year or have sitting there that they can roll over into next year to make that worth it. And I think it's a really interesting question, and it will tell you a lot. 
The other thing that I think it's really interesting too is because you've got some good linebackers in this draft. Kobe Dean, Devin Lloyd, um, you know, there's uh, a few other guys that I've previewed on, on this show before and we'll do more about, you know, draft boards and, you know, short lists at different positions um, and, you know, who, I, who I'm thinking is sort of sitting there. But that's a really key question this offseason. Um, because and you know, what Bill might be like, nah, don't do it, don't do it. But if he bounces back, it'll be one of the biggest regrets you've got, and he could bounce back. Then leg might come together as ACL is doing second year after surgery. It would be a contract year for Devin Bush too. That could be really costly if he gets anywhere near his performance, and it'll be either costly because it will cost the Steelers actual money to keep him, or it'll be costly if you're losing. So just something to keep in mind when it comes to Devin Bush. The next thing that I wanted to talk about was contract utilization. What the hell is that? Contract utilization is a metric that over the cap use, um, and it basically is pretty simple. And what it does is it takes the player's contracted, contracted average pay per year and adjusts it for playing time and offense and defense with an additional value given for special team participation. So the player plays extra on special teams. The formula for utilized APY of a player is simple. Contract average play per year times play time plus 0.18 times special teams play time. Basically, then whatever the cap do is add, add them all together and then divide them by the team's overall average pay per year to determine the team's contract utilization index. Teams with a high CUI, um, which is the acronym for it, generally are healthy and are rewarding their most expensive players with lots of game time. Teams with low CY often faced with significant injuries combined with bad contract decisions to see expensive players riding the bench. While the CY doesn't specifically tell us how good or bad a player is, bad players with big contracts often get playtime despite their lack of production, it can help better identify how well a team is being constructed and how they're approaching a season with their playtime allocations. Okay, so there's a lot of variables there if there's a bad player, if there's an injured player, what have you. How does this really look? So the best team in the league in 2021, on this number, is the Rams. Average pay per year, 223 million point, 223 million point, 223.5 million. That tongue twister. I've talked a lot of numbers in this show. Hopefully, you're still with me after more. Uh, utilized average uh, pay per year of 158 million. Uh, and so that's a, that's percentage utilized of 71%. That's the top in the Rams. The bottom is the Texans with 205 million. Obviously, Deshaun Watson comes into play there. Um, they've only you know, utilized 67 million, 32.6%. The rate, the Bears are ahead of them. Then the Ravens are ahead of those guys ahead of them. And the Jets, Lions, Saints, Washington, Panthers, Dolphins, Packers um, as well. So Packers had a few guys that were out injured back, back to Kyrie's on like a $17 million deal or something, I think. Um, so from that perspective, you start to see, you know, there's it's interesting some of the teams here, um, but you can see where major injuries have an impact. So where do the Steelers sit? The Steelers are 21st with 52.9% um, in 2021. So they used 104 million out of their 198 million. Now, yes. And also, this doesn't, I don't think this counts or explains very well where dead cap comes in. But anyway, um, but you saw injuries uh, this year for the Steelers, um, you know, with guys like Joe Hayden out. You saw, you know, 
Kevin Dodson out for a while. You saw Zach Banner out for a while. You've obviously got DeCastro feeding into there um, to a degree with some of the dead money that they went, the way they had to clear some of that. Uh, to it is a big is a big contributor um, here as well. So this is an area that I would hope the Steelers improve upon. Interestingly, you look at the top teams um, in the top ten: Rams, Chiefs, Bills. Top three, all in the playoffs, all through the divisional round. Then Falcons, um, Matt Ryan stayed healthy. That's probably a big part of this contract. Then you go to Colts, Seahawks. So Colts obviously just missed the playoffs. Um, you know, they really should have been there, you know, in many respects, depending on who you, you know, what your feelings are there. Uh, Seahawks, um, obviously Russell Wilson came back. So that changed things. He'd been out the whole year, very different story. Buccaneers, Vikings, 49ers. Chargers, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Bengals. So there's a lot of playoff, and then it goes Patriots, Cardinals, Titans, Eagles, Raiders. Almost most playoff teams, in fact, every single one of them apart from the Steelers are in that top that top half or top 20 in the league. It shows you the difference. And I mean, sorry, I missed the Packers. So Packers and Steelers are the only playoff teams that aren't in there. That's kind of a big deal. Um, and so there's real opportunity. It's scary with the Packers if they keep Rodgers and what they might be able to do next year. But it shows you that the Steelers with top players back on the field, you know, yes, we can, the performance might be better, but there's expensive players that the Steelers didn't have on the field this year. And that becomes a costly proposition. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.